Signs of the Southland, Sunday, March 6th, 2022. Mr. Grant, it was a uh, beautiful weekend on the flats, but I hear you had a bit of an issue with that this week. Yeah, see, I decided that it would be a great weekend to like go and, and be outside and, and bike around and all that wonderful Atlanta stuff. And uh, I don't know if it comes up over audio, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little sniffly today, my guy. Have sniffly. you considered just not having allergies? I have, but you know, I've, I've decided that they really benefit me in other ways. So we're, we're going to stick with it. Are you getting superpowers from your allergies? Uh, if superpowers mean uh, snoring like Darth Vader all night, then then yes. I mean, some might consider that a superpower. Some might con- consider that a force of uh, of breathing. Yeah, you know, just just uh, you know, it was that nighttime too? So real real dark side vibes, I guess. Um. Absolutely. Speaking of dark side, Georgia Tech baseball did face the dark side of the state this week. We'll get to that in a bit. That probably is the headliner of the weekend. But first, let's cover our bases by glowing around the club sports world, starting with hockey. Yeah. Um, So hockey was in action this weekend. Uh, It was the CHF South or or whatever the CHS uh, it's college collegiate hockey South. So, yeah, you know, like uh, the, how do we say Uh, the 2021 MLB minor league namification uh, of, of college club sports, a la triple a West, you know, uh, no, uh, we'll, we'll get used to it eventually. They did go one and one at the tournament, from what I can tell on Twitter. Uh, that includes a nine to five uh, goal fest. Uh, is a fun way to put that against Alabama. Um, yeah, the the horn got a lot of use in that game, but uh, they bounced back with a, a four three win uh, against Clemson, securing them fifth place. Uh, Clemson, uh, they did play several times this year, so uh, gives them the rubber match against the Tigers. Yeah, they are, like you said, they placed fifth in the tournament. They are still waiting on news about their Nationals placement and what their situation is going to like look like Excuse me, in that tournament, I believe. Yep. How is that National Club tournament set up? Do you know? I, we did not prepare for this question, so if you don't know. We're like new to this league this year, so I'm – I'm, I'm figuring it out as I go along. I, I have been writing YJR this afternoon, Yellow Jacket Roundup. Uh, for those of you who like the audio format of this, why not also read the the uh, abridged written version as well? No, but um, Tech Hockey, uh, as we said, new league, new format, all that fun stuff. And uh, I don't really know what to tell you about the likelihood of them going to the tournament, uh, to go into the national championship. Um, I'm Again, I don't know if you can do a quick Google search while I'm vamping here, but in terms of, the, I have uh, it, by the way, oh, I have you, it I was in front say, of 18 me. 18 and 10, like that's not bad. 18 Here's the problem cool. though. It's very straightforward to qualify to the Collegiate Hockey Federation National Championship. Uh, you got to be top four in the conference. Oh no. After the tournament. So... They win one more game and they probably make it across the hump. Uh, I'm not entirely sure 
what the at-large bid situation is for this tournament. It did not come across in my very quick Googling, but, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Is what I'll wow. Say. That's, what, not to just, like... Kill the mood? But that's, that's awful. They were in fourth in the regular season, too. Bum, bum, hey. bum, bum. Our, uh, let's see if we can... Uh, if we can see anything else from from the standings, I, I don't know. I I feel like I'm feel like I'm bargaining. You know, I haven't accepted it yet. I'm, I'm still in the bargaining stage. But uh, I can tell you that I don't see a bracket available for the championship, which is apparently called the Federation Cup. Um, so we're just kind of we're just kind of vibing right now. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> that's that's tough, but oh well, oh well. Next year, hopefully, next year, next next year, indeed. So let's move on. No soccer news, no club soccer news this week. There's a bunch of normal soccer news. No women's lacrosse news, but the men's lacrosse team did play some games this weekend. They took their first loss in like recent memory in the regular season. Uh, one goal lost 10-9 to Florida, uh, and then they came back to beat Michigan State by 6, 12-6. Not, uh, not to rain on the parade, but they did do, lose to Clemson like two weeks ago, the last time we did a podcast. But that's just me being semantic, I think. Technicalities also. These are unforeseen complications, at least yeah. in the recent era of Georgia Tech lacrosse, and I'm interested to see how how the boys put together um, a string of wins moving forward here. Yeah, I um, I man, I kind of wish I knew how the Florida Michigan State game shook out, but uh, in terms because they did play on Saturday, uh, in case that wasn't implied. But um, round robin, I don't know. Maybe Tech has a young team. I I know they've been pretty old the last two years. I mean, they they're off to a, a pretty solid start. It's just a matter of you know, getting getting hot at the right time. You don't have to win all your games, but you just got to win the last one, right? So, mm-hmm. um, just a matter of getting to the uh, the the league tournament, and then hopefully the nationals from that. Yep, yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. You know, we no need yep. to panic just I'm yet. Say, don't hit don't hit any big red buttons yet. They're, the 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 season's still quite early, so mm-hmm. this is still only March as adapted from a John Rothstein tweet. Anyway, moving on to Club Swim. They were at the South Carolina Invite this past weekend. Not a lot of notable teams other than the aforementioned Georgia Tech club team, but they did secure a victory. Tell us a little bit about their experience. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I, you'd think I would know more, but quite frankly, I, I don't. There's not a lot out there in terms of uh, results on the social medias or anything like that. It, uh, it was a lot easier to find when I was the one doing the live tweeting. That's, that's all I'm going to say. No shame there, but, um, yeah, I mean, South Carolina is a, a relatively solid team. Um, but, uh, in terms of like the, the Florida UVA, Ohio States of the world, I don't think tech seen any of those since, um, whatchamacallit, uh, the Florida, the regionals. Yeah. Regionals. That's what those are. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, Florida, Florida's still looking scary from what I've seen. So uh, definitely, definitely a lot of teams to watch out, especially with not having a real national since 20, 
19. I'm sure uh, hockey can relate to that. And, and I think lacrosse had a normal, normal tournament last year, but, um, but I don't know. The, the club world has basically been on pause for a lot of sports, at least in an official capacity for the better part of three seasons. So, you know, that's basically a whole graduated. That's all. That's a whole college lifetime for, for some, for some folks. So, and there, there's no COVID eligibility. That's a, you know, get your degree and leave, please. That's what they told me. At least. But Oof. yeah. Well, let's talk about a couple of sports that do have COVID eligibility and a lot of COVID eligible transfers on both of their rosters. Let's start with softball who went one and three on the week. They collected a nice win versus Kennesaw state earlier in the week, but then took a ACC play opening sweep versus number 13 Duke. What are your opening thoughts on, on this week and on sort of the one and three record? Um, not that I think we should have like expected a win, but it would have been nice to have one. This Georgia Tech team and, you know, pitching which wins championships or whatever, but this Georgia Tech team has not, uh, I guess, had the star power on the mound to fend off a ton of, of these really great teams in, in a while. So I don't think this was wholly unexpected. Um, KSU, uh, at the original team of Trisha Awald for those with long memories um, has been good in the Atlantic sun in the past. So, uh, and a, a regular regional participant. So no shame there in, in a five, nothing win, but in terms of the, the measuring stick uh, games, I don't think tech has seen a top 25 win in, in some time, but uh, there, you know, it, it's tough, right? The, the, this is a top heavy sport. Uh, it's also frustrating to see Duke come in and, and be really good right away. But you know, that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles and, and they were, they had an opportunity, especially in this last game to put together some runs uh, with, I mean, only giving up three runs to, to a, a top 25, top 15 team it is pretty good. Um, that's not anything to shake a stick at. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's tough, right? Um, mm-hmm. Keep the bats off the board and uh, jumping on pitching. That's a pretty, not lightning in a bottle scenario, obviously, because uh, Pitt just beat FSU this weekend uh it, it can happen but in in terms of you know the fsu clemson and and uh, dukes of the world you know you're you're gonna get your shot and you gotta jump at it uh, it was really you weird you were there so yeah it, i mean it was just it was a i think it was just a really weird couple of games right i mean number uh, game number one on friday was pretty close uh, until some pitching issues caused Blake Nellman to come out, and then it just sort of melted down a little bit from there. Game two, just it was close at one point. I think Tech brought it within two, and then it devolved from there uh, later, late on. And then game three, I think, is a little misleading from what I saw, and I'd have to go back through the box score um, and look. But Duke held a pretty – healthy three zip lead until really, really late to scratch one across. And then the game kind of ended. They kind of ran out of time. I, I think, I think I agree when you say holding a top 15, literally a top 13 team in Duke to three runs in a single game is, is really impressive uh, and a feat in and of itself, especially since that same Duke team and the, and the announcers on ACC network extra were really, 
really interested in quoting this this stat that Duke had averaged nine runs a game in uh, in Shirley Meebor and Clements Field. Um, They've only they, played six times. Get some new yeah. numbers. Fake news. Boom. Sam, small sample sizes are predictive, Jake. I've always said this. That's uh, that's why my baseball season uh, statistics model has Wake Forest running away with the conference. You know, no losses. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. But it, I think the the main point that you mentioned is, okay, look, they had a shot and they didn't take it. I, I think beyond that is they, this is not a series that we expect. We expected them to be competitive, which I think if you look at, if you look at this holistically and not just at the final scores, I think there were spots in which they were competitive in certain innings. Um, obviously you have to just focus for that, but, um, they were competitive and they just couldn't, they were not clean enough on the mound to seal, to limit damage, I think is what it comes down to. But at the end of the day, uh, I think you said this too. These are not serious. This is not a series that we expected them to win. Um, and I, I it's sort of, sort of, let's move on to the opponents that you can, that you, that you know you're going to be able to compete with and that you know you're going to be able to snatch wins from. Uh, I mean, Duke's not really it, and neither is Florida State coming up next weekend. Yep. I, uh, I think Florida State just took their surprise loss. So uh, better, uh, better steal the nerves. And, and that, this is why I'm kind of wishing we had those uh, – um, this is the why cancel I, games. Yeah, the cancel games, right? So the you know we're, we're sitting at fifteen and five, still ten games above five hundred. That's a great spot to be. Um, it's one of but, their best starts in, in forever, right? I, I mean, they say, were, coming into this weekend, it was literally their best start ever, in twelve years, yeah. right? And, and obviously, taking a opening ACC opening weekend sweep is rough, but I, I don't think that we again like there's no need to hit the panic button. Yeah, um, I uh, I don't know. I, I don't think we need to hit the panic button. Like you said, I think this is the first time, especially with a couple notable freshmen and younger players on the roster, that they were seeing really good pitching. Maybe that pays off next week. Maybe they scratch one or two out. Um, obviously, uh, sweeping Florida State would signal massive seismic shifts in the ACC softball world. But, um, uh, again, it, it's a young team. Uh, they're – they're going to see plenty more uh, this year, uh, but uh, in terms of getting those opportunities, you can't really, I guess, let, let them just kind of vaunt on or, or swing on by you. And it would have been, it would have been nice to get one, but at the end of the day, like we said, still 10 games above 500. Obviously the goal is to, you know, stay 10 or more games above 500, but would be nice. We, we, we look at this season as a long arc, right? They, they played 20 games out of what 50 plus and they're playing Duke and Florida state, almost certainly the two hardest weekend series on their, on the calendar. Uh, the first two weeks of ACC play. So this isn't a, uh, a sign that like, you know, we're up against the wall when it comes to the ACC. No, it, it just shows that I guess you take your lumps early and, and then you can, get to work against the rest of the conference. Cause you do, if, if you want to make the NCAA tournament, you're not missing the ACC tournament. You got to start there and build the resume past that. 
So we we're talking about that season as a long arc. Does this series and maybe a similar result this weekend versus FSU, does that change your expectations for this season? Does that change your, I, I guess, where you feel the team is at right now? No, I don't think so. Again, it would have been, I think going one and two would have been a nice to have. Duke's really good. Like, I, I think I think they're probably, uh, if not FSU, like we said, if not FSU and Clemson, they're, they're going to be a great team. Uh, I think uh, Nelman bounced back for uh, a good outing on on today, Sunday. Uh, three runs, like we said, uh, is is not a bad place to be. I think uh, again, it it makes you wonder just what that ceiling is for Tech. Clearly, there is a ceiling, uh, and it's not the top three spots in the ACC, unfortunately. Unless again, you know, people make some strides, but they're going to have to pick up more pitching somewhere in the off season, whether that's transfer or a recruit uh, recruiting freshman and, and that much is pretty clear. I would, I, I would think. Yes. Well, it, as, as we've seen with the other stickball sport, uh, pitching is a hard problem to solve, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Just to wrap up on softball. Uh, we said that they'll play FSU at home next weekend. Uh, they will also face middle Tennessee state in the middle of the week just a quick note on fsu that is your d1 softball number four overall uh ranked team in the nation at 19 and one hey hey pitt did it you know that there's uh pitt beat them seven to five today it you again you you gotta start somewhere right and and that's it, just picking up a win uh against uh Against a solid team would be great, uh, and, and I don't think, I don't think it's, you know, being a downer to say, one out of two in, in Duke, one out of two against FSU. That's not bad. That's better than we've been. You know, not getting run rule. Better than we've been. Absolutely. Let's talk about another team that went two and one on their weekend, like Florida State softball did. Georgia Tech baseball. Uh, won the first two games of clean old-fashioned hate and dropped the Sunday game at Cool Ray Field. They are now 10-2 and two on the season. You watch bits and pieces of these games, I imagine. Uh, I caught, I think, most of all of them. I think other than the Friday one because I was at the softball park. What were your thoughts overall on the series? I'm not. I, I know I'm not selling this particularly excitingly i am very excited about this win you were extremely downer in a lot of the notes for a lot of the sports i gotta say that i was like geez man we're, we're gonna sound like we just lost everything in every sport but uh you know we we, we bounce back and and we'll, we'll you know we're gonna make sure that y'all hear things as they are and and quite frankly two out of three what have we been saying all year is not bad d1 baseball openly admits that they see a series win as you know the the goal right two out of two out of three is a win is a win is a win is a win georgia solid team georgia solid pitching georgia tech saturday really solid pitching i think there's there's things that we can glean one that our hitters for two out of the three games were really really good scoring 11 against an sec solid team scoring seven sec solid team that wins you ball games and it won them ball games 
obviously, uh, there are the carve-outs of a bullpen meltdown uh, that we all have come to know and love on uh, Friday, and even one today to put the game kind of out of reach. But I don't know. The, the long arc is our pitching looked good. The players that needed to look good looked good as well. Um, and again, a series win is a series win. I think Georgia Tech has some, some pretty clear work cut out for it. But, you know, I, I'm I'm pleased. I don't think you can upturn your nose at a series win against uh, the boys from Athens. So, no, absolutely not. I'm not turning. I'm not really turning my nose at anything per se, but I am. I think today was not and obviously sample size, but today was not a particularly banner day for a unit that we have already been looking at with eyebrow, with raised eyebrows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and I think that eighth inning on Friday in which tech gave up seven runs to bring uh, the, the bad guys within, I think one run uh, was not ideal either. It was just, <laughs> Like you said, but but like you said, I think there's just a bunch of positives to take away from this, especially at the plate. I think there's a lot of patience shown, a lot of like, you know that their pitching is not as not as good as our hitting. So let them walk you, let find your pitch, make make them throw you strikes, that sort of thing. There's a lot of a lot of patience at the plate, which I think really paid off when you see runs scored in bunches, runs walked in. It, I, I think some of those approach elements have paid off. But even then, we tagged their Friday starter ace, uh, Jonathan Cannon, for six runs and six innings pitched. Oh, they didn't pull him the either. They, they refused to pull him. They let him die by that sword. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they showed that they can attack elite pitching. And I think um, uh, we've, all, we've always known that this team was going to live and die uh, on the bats and having to slug their way to wins. But even then on Sunday, there are some great takeaways, um, not only from, you know, Maxwell being able to pitch out of a jam. Not great that he's in jams, but, you know, pitch. He out got of out it. of it. Two, um, man, I really want to say this right because I am flying by the seat of my pants. So give me one second to vamp. Uh, but uh, closed out by a nine out, save, not saved because they were winning by, enough that it wasn't a save, but uh, Infinitary looked great to close the game. Yep. But my like star of the, the series or of the, of the game, I think it, it almost certainly, it, it has to go to Cody Carwile, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I know there was a lot of lead up, but that's a name I don't think we've ever said on this podcast. He is a it. freshman, I believe. Yeah. And I have to pull up the roster now to double check and get his bio right. So you keep talking and explain. Yeah, no. So Maxwell pitched three innings, uh, kept pitching out of jams. A lot of a lot of runners left on, but you know that's that's life. Um, I think it's worth noting that he only gave up two hits, but you know six walks is a lot of walks and seven strikeouts. So it's the Zach Maxwell experience that we've known known and loved for the last two years, right? So that's mm-hmm. the uh, prone to walks, prone to getting outs by strikeout. And not many people can really come around and get a bat on the ball, hit or not. Um, so that really means that only uh, of the 17 batters that he faced, that only with the two hits and the two outs via ground or fly out, only uh, only four batters got, got around uh, and put the ball in fair play. So that's a pretty pretty low number uh, if we're if we're going to be thinking about it like that. And, and you know, 
for, for Carlisle to come in in relief in a rivalry game on the road um, to, to uh, you know, get, get a strikeout and a walk and, and the rest are taken care of in, in due order. He faced, uh, uh, other than the walk, it would have been the minimum. Like, he's not giving up hits either. That's, that's a pretty good spot to be. And then, like we said, Finitary, uh, two hits, uh, three innings pitch, no runs, uh, five strikeouts. I was kind of surprised after seeing that, that he wasn't the Sunday starter, but that's... I was surprised that they threw him. I, I understood the situation that they were in on the road where you need outs to seal this game, especially after a bullpen malfunction, if you will, uh, in the first game. Uh, I, I understand the situation that you're in there. It was interesting to me to put Finitari in that spot. Uh, but like his namesake with a V, he did pull it off. So... Gotta gotta give him props for clutch moments there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, it's also worth noting uh, Chandler Simpson on Friday and Saturday. What, Friday and Saturday was six for nine at the plate. Um, Very nice. That was that was pretty great. Um, and then uh, I think it's also worth noting um, from Friday, uh, Georgia Tech's attendance thirty four hundred for a baseball game in the regular season is better than we've seen at Rusty C in a long time. Uh, and I've adjusted my uh tinfoil hat uh rantiness about this rivalry going to a weekend series you know missing out on on some more uh, on having another series like the ucla one whatever 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 we had a great turnout in atlanta solid turnout in athens uh even among tech fans uh from what i've heard uh from people who went and uh i think my only my only thing remaining is they, sh- they should play the sunday game at truist I- i'm gonna die on that hill I I will, I think as long as it's at, it's in Lawrenceville, I will refuse to drive out there. It is way too far. It is just way too far. I don't need to go to a triple A AAA park to, to watch Georgia Tech play baseball. I mean, it's not fundamentally any better or nicer than the Rusty C. It's maybe a little bit bigger, right? It probably seats like eight or 9,000, but I don't know. Part of the part of the allure of that, and, and part of the whole like you know for the kids thing, uh, was playing it in the in a really big park and, and trying to pack that out. And and I think for a Sunday game in Atlanta uh, before the baseball major league baseball season even starts, you could probably sell twenty five thousand plus seats. And especially when the major league baseball season is currently on indefinite pause, you could probably sell more than 25,000 seats. If they, if they were to slap dash a game together for the week before the ACC tournament and major league baseball still not playing, you probably sell out Turner with rabid baseball fans or not Turner. Um, truest. With you might rabid. still sell out. You might play it on the, on the football turf at Turner and still sell it out. Let's be clear. Um, True. I yeah, I, I think that is also my regret is that it's in Lawrenceville and not closer to town, even if it's still virtually impossible to get the truest. Uh, it's even more virtually impossible to get to Lawrenceville on your average Sunday. But, you know, uh, it's all for charity. And so I, I think attendance was good today that it, it was, a, again, beautiful day to go to the ballpark. So I think everyone everyone had fun. Uh, talking about baseball upcoming this week, they will play Mercer. Uh, really fun note here. Mercer has decided to have a promo where the first 200 fans in the door get bug spray, which is a very good, very funny promo. Uh, I really, it, it's like almost triple A baseball levels of, of promo memeing. Uh, and then the weekend series is versus Virginia Tech. Yep. 
that is an interesting one to look out for because Virginia Tech has had a pretty solid start for the year, have they not? Virginia Tech has only lost one game. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that, but who is it to, perchance? Uh, well, let's talk about their opponents, shall we? Uh, the, sure. Their opening weekend series was versus UNC Asheville. They had one game that looks like it was canceled versus East Tennessee State. They played a three-game set versus Fordham, a midweek versus High Point, and then a three-game set versus Wright State, in which they lost the Friday opening start 11-5. to Yeah. Uh, Asheville, looking at the rest of their schedule, their wins have all come against Niagara. Uh, so not sure how uh, – how good of a barometer they are, but they got thwomped by Tennessee uh, and, and lost to, uh, of all teams, uh, Mercer twice so far this weekend and, and maybe another one coming up uh, today. I, I haven't seen the, the results from that. So uh, interesting to see there. Fordham also bad. Uh, they uh, destroyed Sacred Heart, but haven't really done uh, much of anything else. And then obviously we know uh, Wright State from, uh, you know, our personal previous, experience our encounter with 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 Wright State. So, you encounter at Far Point, if you will. Um, the thing with Virginia Tech is they uh, they have not played nobody, huh? They really have not, and it's going to be an interesting test for both teams. Tech with a hard with a slightly harder schedule. I mean, I think having Athens on the schedule makes it considerably more difficult, but at the same time. You played Southern, Mercer, uh, Wright State. It's still a bit of a cavalcade cast of characters beforehand. So I, it's going to be an interesting test uh, of who is really going to challenge for that Coastal Crown. Yeah. Um, obviously, this uh, comes with the caveat that conference play hasn't started yet, and my model uh, doesn't take into account non-conference uh strength of schedule because I don't know where to find that uh, for baseball. But uh, in terms of the coastal prognosis, uh, it, it's kind of worthless, frankly, to, to look at that until I think we start playing these conference games, right? You can, you, you can't assume that Wake Forest is going to be going, uh, uh, you know, undefeated in, in non-con. It's just not probably not going to happen, you know, uh, or, or UVA uh, being, uh, I guess, 11 and 0 themselves. They're, they're not going to be undefeated forever. UVA traditionally very, very solid baseball program, but I think it's, it's tough, at least in, in my opinion, looking at that first uh, conference weekend or the first two conference weekends. And then we can kind of say the same thing about softball or uh, basketball too, uh, of knowing just how it's going to shake out when, you know, Georgia Tech's played a, a top 25 team, uh, gotten some road experience in, in a rivalry series and, and BT's out here playing uh, a bunch of teams that are, have combined for six total wins in, in almost 40 attempts. So. Womp womp. Uh, it, it, it'll be interesting. I think the, the sum total is that it'll be very interesting to see where both teams are at and also learn a little bit about what the rest of the conference looks like that first weekend, right? As other teams open conference play, you mentioned Wake Forest. Let's see if they can keep up their momentum in conference play. Let's talk about UVA and how they look in conference play. Who is that as UNC 
who is another team projected to be really good this year. If they figured out their pitching, have they figured out their pitching? I think there's a lot to learn now that we have a sizable sample from non-con. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the only thing that you could really discern is, is BC's not going to be that great again. And, and other than that, like everyone wrote off Duke uh, until they made it to the ACC tournament and then won the dang thing. So um, obviously we need to pick up wins. So that way we're not in the spot of needing to pull a Duke uh, come, come conference time, but two you know, of three, two of three. You'd like to sweep them all and, and you'd like to win the coastal, but uh, you, you got to start somewhere. And I think that minimum floor is going to be two or three for sure. Cool. Let's move on to our first indoor sport of the weekend. That is swim with the NCAA zone B diving championships. Those are actually still on going cami hidalgo is still competing she's already qualified for the ncaa diving championships in the one meter dive uh i saw one healthy scratch from georgia tech swim as well and then we had one other note come across our desk this week mackenzie campbell has qualified for the ncaa championships in the 400 im 200 im and 200 fly i don't exactly remember what that qualification is from. I didn't see a meet attached to it. Maybe you can shed a little bit more light on the subject. Yeah, almost all qualifying times, uh, especially the best times that wind up getting used, do come from uh, from the ACC or the conference championship meets uh, in general. So yeah, Campbell's Campbell's signs are all uh, a la um, those those ACC championships. It is one more event than she swam last year, so that's great. Uh, and getting getting Hidalgo into as many events as possible is uh, the goal and necessary because she is the reason that Tech women got 28th in the country last year, almost single-handedly. Uh, we did have, uh, a, I think, a point or two uh, come from other diving options. But, but really, uh, Hidalgo has been the meat of that performance the last couple of years. Uh, so definitely looking ahead to the rest of the week to see to see how that shakes out. Cool. Uh NCAA championships, the aforementioned NCAA championships that will be hosted at Macaulay Aquatic Center. Those are the, this next two weeks, I believe, or is there one more week before they go into play? No, there's one more week, right? Yeah, because the rest of the week is zones, and those will go till like Wednesday, and then uh, we'll pick up on, on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week for, for the women, and then the week after that is the men. Um, I will say having them combined for the ACCs was great but there's no way that that is feasible for the NCAAs, um, yep. especially with the kind of attendance we get. But uh, this is your like once every five or six years uh, opportunity. If you are a fan of fast swimming uh, to see the very best, in my opinion, non-Olympic, non-US Olympic trials uh, meet. And honestly, because it's college sports and college sports makes everything a little bit more fun to be invested in. Might be a little bit more weird. Better. So yeah, definitely fun. And it's short course. I love short course. I swear I'm short course. I don't like long course, so I'm biased. Long course is should be lame. Like yeah. So, the short course versus long course fun. thing is a, is a flame war in and of itself, I feel like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, that is coming up over the next two weeks. But in the last two weeks, we had a golf in action. They were ranked 12th the last time I checked. They've moved up to 11th after a win at the Water Sound Invitational 
uh, and then a fifth place finish at the Southern Highlands Classic. They have next week off just to think about how they've done so far this spring season. Well, how would you say that they've done so far in the past couple of weeks? Yeah, um, the Waterstown was great. Uh, I know we haven't had the chance to unpack it on the podcast yet, but that was basically the entire ACC playing the course that the ACC championship is going to be uh, uh, contested on, plus Arkansas and Alabama, who are both solid themselves. Uh, I think Arkansas is a top 10 team still. But uh, so, yeah, great to see there. Uh, no complaints at all. Uh, they look great. Uh, hopefully they play uh, just as good on the course coming up uh, because uh, in, in later in the spring, because, you know, we, we do want tech to uh, still have the most ACC titles in a sport. And that's currently what they have in golf. So uh, always fun to see uh, in terms of the Southern Highlands that was out in Vegas. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of quality competition out there. Uh, Oklahoma's the number one team in the country. Uh, they, uh, well, they won because they're really freaking good. Uh, they were followed by Pepperdine. Uh, that uh, another top five team uh, and then we also had Texas and Florida in the mix uh, Georgia Tech got fifth as we noted just edging out uh, the boys in Athens so a uh, tough week to be uh, an Athens fan uh, relative to clean old-fashioned hate uh, and then uh, Tech did uh, vault them in the standings because of that we also saw New Mexico who's a top 30 team Tech edged them out Illinois a top 20 team and uh, Northwestern a top 40 team Northwestern did not have a great week, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, Georgia tech, uh, also notably, uh, saw Ross Steelman, uh, who had an okay performance out in, out in, uh, out in Vegas, but, uh, who has had a fantastic month, uh, get named the uh, co-ACC player uh, of the month or golfer of the month. And he, uh, he had a great February. So no, uh, no questions there. I think that's great because honestly, uh, with how uh, Hartley Forrester, Krista Lamprecht, uh, uh, Connor Howe, among others, have been have been playing, quite frankly, I think uh, not that all of them could have been in the mix, but I, you know, it 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 hasn't been bad at all. That's that's uh, that's the uh, not bad. He says, yeah. not bad. <laughs> He can't, he can't find another word to be beneficial. No, Tech's been, Tech's been really solid, and it's been, uh, it's been fun. This is a team that's been really solid for a long time, and uh, it's good to see them kind of getting back to expectations. And, and really, they only had one down-ish year in which they were still a top 25 team. So, uh, If your floor is top 25, you're doing something right. And, and that's the thing, too, is they've been quietly really excellent up there at their practice facility on 16th for, well, whenever they finish that and add 20 years before. Georgia Tech golf's really good. And uh, part of me is scared for what happens uh, when uh, Bruce Hepler finally, finally decides to hang it up. But that's a future problem. And for now, they are really, really solid. So We are so kicking overall. that can absolutely far down the road let's talk about a group of people that runs very far down roads georgia tech track this is a good it's a good segue good segue georgia sure, tech track work tonight i'll tell you that uh acc indoors were a couple weeks ago we missed that while one of us was on vacation uh, nicole Figgins won the 3000 meters i think that's the event that you said that she won uh i double checked it totally uh, and she set another school record, if I'm not mistaken, too. Uh, 
anything else notable from this one? Tech uh, has had more depth in the past, and that is a particular issue in this sport and something we've noted for them in the past. So I'm not going to dwell too much on that. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a school that's produced a lot of very good, very exceptional individuals. Uh, Nicole Fegan is being the latest, and honestly, in, in many events, greatest among them. Uh, but uh, pretty pretty tough sled uh, down ballot, if you will. So, uh, you know, not going not gonna to harsh too much on that. It's not like we expected to compete for the uh, conference or, or team NCAA title anyways. So uh, just uh, hoping that our individuals, uh, Fegan's in particular, at indoors do have a have a good show and, and then it's on to outdoor season yeah we are still waiting on ncaa indoors and then like you said ncaa outdoors uh closer towards the end of the spring semester let's move back indoors to talk about women's tennis who is currently ranked 37th in the nation they played a five-game slate while we were out of office. That is a 7-0 win versus Mercer, a 4-3 loss to Miami, a 4-3 win versus FSU, a 5-2 win over Syracuse, and a 6-1 win over Boston College. All those last four, they opened ACC play. So what is your take on where this team is at right now? Yeah, I think they're finally coming into form. Uh, Mercer was a much-needed W. Uh, seven nothing is, is a confidence builder, of course. Miami is a top fifteen team. Uh, Miami's kind of, I guess, taken the spot Tech has kind of filled in the conference in the past. That uh, that mid top twenty five ish team. Uh, it was almost a win. Uh, it was a four three loss. Uh, Georgia Tech came. Oh, so close to uh, turning that one into a nice road upset, but then bounce back, uh, handled Florida State 4-3. Uh, that's a team that they've struggled with a little bit in the past. Uh, Syracuse 5-2 win on the road. Uh, Syracuse, again, a team Tech has kind of uh, faltered with in the past. They played Syracuse last year, I believe, without Kenya Jones, because I distinctly recall Vicky Flores playing on court one, and that being a heck of a match. I don't think I've ever been more mad at a test match than that, but uh that uh, it, it feels good to see Syracuse lose in a lot of ways in a lot of sports, uh, <clears throat> men's basketball. Sorry, um, but ACC uh, elite women's tennis, Jake. Yes, exactly. Uh, giving them a five-two win. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you only need four points to win, but putting a little space between you and the competition is never a bad thing either. Uh, quite frankly, um, this has been you know three straight road wins, and and the team has needed to come into form and and they have obviously there's there's meatier parts of the schedule left uh unc is always very scary uh and those uh this tobacco road schools really really beat the cover off the ball but um but no and, and then you do need to beat boston college for uh just i guess uh always they're they're not the greatest tennis team they're not the greatest swim team they're the they're they're trying and they field a lot of sports uh, in a lot of different sports, and I really respect that. And I'm going to leave. They're getting that. a lot of fresh air and exercise, Jake. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't think you can play outside in Chestnut Hill this time of year. But uh, yeah, no tech tech women's tennis. It'll be interesting to see if they move up at all the team rankings on the ninth uh, Wednesday, uh, which is the next time these are going to be released. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously we've already seen the FSU win factored in, but uh, beating Syracuse and BC. 
uh, by a combined 11 to three uh, is never, never a dull, never a dull thing. So good to see. The uh, uh, tech women's tennis will round right into form as they head back to Ken Byers versus Louisville and Notre Dame later this week. Let's flip over to the men's side of the tennis complex. They are ranked 44th in the nation. However, their last two matches have ended in defeats, both to Notre Dame and to Louisville earlier today, both of them in 4-3 fashion. They are actually off next week for some weird reason because scheduling never makes sense. But what does make sense to you about this men's tennis team? I want to leave that in the air for just a second because they've had a really bizarre ACC schedule so far. Three of the first four weekends – not having matches, that's that's really strange. It's hard to get in the There's got to be that. a team that doesn't – there's got to be a, another team or another program in the ACC that doesn't have a men's tennis program. Yeah. Right, like is that that was the only way that a round-robin schedule would make sense. I, I, I know for a fact that Pittsburgh doesn't. I'm going to look through the schedule and just start naming teams because now I want to know. Uh, FSU, Miami, Wake, NC State, North Carolina, Duke, BC – Clemson, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Louisville, Notre Dame, and then Georgia Tech. So we're missing Syracuse Syracuse and Pitt. So, yeah, that is a weird That makes sense. Yeah, that actually makes sense because they'd be filled in with Syracuse and Pitt in those two empty weekends. Yeah. Um, Go figure. And the uh, women are off balance because they have a Syracuse but not a Pitt. So go figure. Uh, again, I, I've said that twice. Shame on me. Uh, Georgia Tech fell to Notre Dame four to three on the road. Um, it was the doubles point that did them in. Uh, interestingly, uh, they did split the doubles teams again. Uh, Chen uh, Chen Dong and Andres Martin were playing on one court with Keshav Chopra and Marcus McDaniel on the other. Um, interesting there. I, I don't I don't hate it. I, I think that's very. Interesting, and I like to see the doubles pairings get shaken up at least a little bit. Um, in terms of action in singles, Tech actually cleaned up uh, on the bottom two courts uh, with Pablo Shelter playing on court six, which that's the lowest we've seen him in a long time. Uh, definitely, that's uh, that's an interesting placement for him, I will say. Yeah, and then uh, a little Brandon, bit of gamesmanship. Yeah, for sure. Um, Brandon McKinney on uh, five. Uh, that was a three setter. Um, but uh, but he did win. Uh, Shen Dong uh, took a tough seven six loss uh, in the first set, uh, and then you know always tough to come back from that. So he fell in two sets. Uh, Keshav Chopra, uh, who probably could have could have pulled one out, but did did lose a, a break or two to go six three six four. Marcus McDaniel did win on two. Those were back to back seven six wins in the second and third set. So that's that's a hell of a match right there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Andres Martin took an unexpected loss on one. So that's uh, that makes the difference right there. But uh, Notre Dame is number 32. So not not a bad team. Uh, you know, it's always nice to get those road wins. Not terribly worried about about men's tennis at the moment because Louisville is also a, a, a top 50, a top 50 team. Uh, tech, uh, tech lost the doubles and then. Uh, uh, Andres Martin took another loss on on one, but uh, McDaniel, Chopper, and Dong this time did did the winning while Shelcher and uh, Guerrero took losses on 
five and six. So I really think looking at all of this, the summary, and sorry for rambling, everyone out there, is that what's going on with Andres Martin? Uh, that's uh, complete conjecture on my part, but seeing him losing uh, as uh, as good as he is twice uh, twice in, in three days is, is pretty pretty out of the ordinary, I'd say. This is going to be a recurring bit that it gets as uh, as heated as the what's wrong with Freddie Freeman article from a couple years ago that immediately kickstarted a massive power surge for him. Uh, I think I think we need to channel that same energy. Yeah, I mean, I would I would hope it does. Uh, Tech's currently sitting at five and six in duels play. Uh, they are probably going to be five and seven after the next competition that's uva coming to town and we've already played them this year uh so we we know how that goes but uh they'll they'll uh they'll have uh virginia tech and clemson and boston college three in a row after that so uh so hopefully enough to bounce back before tobacco road time and then then florida before before the end of the year so gotta start uh gotta start piling up piling up some wins before the acc tournament gotta be above 500 to to make it to the big dance, but they've, they've played a pretty tough schedule so far. And, uh, and they're definitely, definitely, you know, they're in the mix. That's how I'll say. Cool. Let's talk about another team that's in the mix at an ACC tournament. Let's talk about the defending ACC tournament championships, Georgia tech men's basketball this past week. They took a, uh, a close loss at, Clemson at Little John, and then had a close win versus Boston College on senior day. So now with the regular season over, I think we've talked a lot about this team and sort of adjusting our expectations. Uh, They're playing on day one of the ACC tournament again, as God intended. What are your thoughts sort of wrapping up the regular season? What have you learned from this team about Josh Pastner this year? Yeah. I don't think this team did themselves any favors uh, in terms of defense, but the, the foul discrepancy again against BC was, was pretty, pretty noticeable. Uh, there's, I don't know if it's a, a, a me thing or just uh, being a little bit concerned that it, it did seem like a lot of soft contact. I mean, I mean, I don't want our players to be, you know, playing dirty or anything like that, but it's either something that's solvable or something that, hasn't been called in the past, or it's something that is being one-sided. I don't think it's the latter. Uh, I don't think it's the middle. And I don't really think it's the former, which leaves me with no good options. Um, I think it, it's a relatively young team uh, still, uh, even with uh, Usher and, and DeVoe playing a, a And we've talked about how them being in the middle of a transition actually does has hurt them this year, too. Uh-huh. I think it'll be interesting next year to see who steps up as a leader. I think uh, probably Jordan Usher would would be considered someone who felt, filled those shoes this year in the absence of Jose Alvarado, who was quite literally the heart and soul of the team for four years. Those those intangibles are, are tough too, right? If you're new to the league and, and you're playing uh, tough defense in a, in a tough defensive system for the first time, I think this was pretty much the, the accumulation of all that. That being said, um, Passner's second season wasn't too great either. Uh, and that was with Akogi uh, being uh, the, the talented wonder kid that he was. Um, so I, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm more hopeful than I was after that season. Um, 
I know this is a little bit contrived of a comparison, but bear with me. But then, then again, the season's not over yet, right? It, it's, it's tough. You got to win five games in five days, but you know, you, you play because it's March and, and right now it's tournament time. I just want to see one day at a time. Uh, I think we have a decent shot against Louisville who's been reeling uh, since uh, their coaching uh, hullabaloo uh, happened mid season. Uh, I think we're probably the, uh, I don't want to say scariest, but uh, definitely one of the more talented teams to be playing on the first day. And, and I don't know, we got a shot day one. I'm not going to say we're going to win. That's silly. Um, but uh, we gave Louisville a pretty good ball game first time around. And if not, it, it's on to next year. And there's a lot of talent waiting in the wings. And, and I think uh, in terms of what we saw this year, uh, Miles Kelly's only going to get better. Debo Coleman was good and is only going to get better. Tristan Maxwell is hopefully going to be able to have a, a full, healthy, healthy season. Rodney Howard got better. And that's been a big thing that we missed, uh, especially early in the year uh, in, in some games that we had the opportunity to win uh, Wisconsin in particular. Um, and, and then I am excited for Jalen Moore. Uh, that was one thing I took away from Saturday as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that Louisville game, the aforementioned day one game at the ACC tournament, that is March 8th. So that is what, uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m. I assume that's on the ACC network. I hope it's not on the RSN. Let's go take a look. Um ramblinrec.com I should have prepared for this I'm really providing some inspiring content uh, it's ACC network uh, you can listen live on the Georgia Tech uh, radio network as well 93.7 FM 680 AM uh, yeah that's in the Barclays Center in New York if you're if you're in the area um, go go check it out I guess I will not be there because Barclays Center is far away from my employment and house but you know, should be, should be solid. Darn. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little sad. It's not in, in Greensboro. I thought that was fun last year and a lot more accessible to a lot of us. But Jim Beheim hates Greensboro too much. Hey, Jim, Jim, Jim Beheim, you know, the, his team full of Beheims, all in the family, whatever sitcom name you want to use to call that. Uh, he needs a couple wins. Uh, otherwise he's going to be taking his first losing season for the first time in a long time. But, you know, don't don't cry for don't cry for them, Argentina. Like they're it's Syracuse. I have I have no pity. <laughs> it's Syracuse indeed. Let's talk about an ACC tournament that just wrapped up for the women's basketball team. That before the aforementioned ACC tournament, they played FSU, uh, which they lost in OT. They played Wake for the first time in a week. Uh, that was a eh, meh kind of victory they played awake a second time in the opening round uh actually it wasn't the opening round i think it was the second round of six second round of the uh of the acc tournament uh that was a nice little win and then they sort of uh lost by double digits to notre dame in the quarter final selection sunday is, is it selection sunday or selection monday i can never remember when it comes to the women <laughs> It used to be Selection Monday, but now it's Selection Sunday, and it'll be the 13th. Well, there you go. Selection Sunday is next week. The last Bracketology update that I saw had Tech at a 6th or a 7th seed, so a bit bit of a precipitous fall from a top 16 national seed that we were talking about approximately a month ago, a month and a half ago. Um, What were your thoughts on this? sort of last couple of weeks of the season heading into 
hopefully, and I mean, I assume another ACC or NCAA tournament berth. Yeah, I, I think the last couple of weeks being what they were kind of clouds us to the great season that they were putting together before that. Uh, 21 and 10 uh, almost certainly should earn them a pretty solid seed in the tournament. Uh, recent record notwithstanding, uh, their, their body of work is pretty excellent. Uh, I sound like I'm justifying all this to you. You know exactly where I'm coming from. I know exactly. <laughs> Make your I, case. I Make they- your case. I think your take here is right. NC State did a number on this team, and, and they haven't been quite as confident or quite as effective uh, since then. I think the defense hasn't been there, uh, and that was the hallmark of this team, even when they struggled offensively, was just playing absolutely like that defense. Uh, and I don't know if that's whether uh, exhaustion or uh, injuries, or, you know, the, the dings and dunks of, of regular wear and tear in, in practice are are wearing on them. I'm, I'm not really in the place to... Um, to, to just be conjecturing like that. But uh, I don't know. If, if you have a lane, you have a chance. And, and that's the exact same thing. I think we need to take uh, the exact same opinion we need to take about men's basketball. You know, you, you got to win a couple games in a couple days and apply it now here to the women. Uh, they should almost certainly, barring some, I, I guess, catastrophic uh, snub, uh, make the NCAA tournament. And that's why you play the regular season. And, and you know, it, it'd be nice to win the ACC title. But uh, with them... You know, not not doing that anyways. There's no there's no crying there. You, 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 if you looked at 21 and 10 blind and and just saw all those results in a random order, I don't even you I don't even think you'd think something was the matter with the team. But there is. So I think there's a lot of good, but I think if you're like me and you're a bit upset, let's say a bit frustrated with the way that the season ended, I think it's entirely justifiable. Right. I think there's a yin and yang, both the, like two things can be simultaneously true. Right. I, I have to add the yin to your yang here. Right. Um, it's frustrating to see them go from a projected top, like effectively a projected top 16 seed to sliding into onto the six lead, the six seed line. Right. Um, and it, it's, it's just tough, uh, especially when a bunch of these games late on, we were looking at, okay, we're sort of licking our chops here and being like, okay, they're going to go, they're going to finish strong in the regular season and then head into the conference tournament as a three or a four. Uh, and they, they were down at, at six, I think six or seven. Um, so I looking at selection Sunday, looking past election Sunday, I just, I, I kind of don't know what to expect. Uh, Laro Kubai, I know is banged up, has been banged up a couple of times the last couple of weeks. Um, we're still sort of the, like you said, the defense has been a little, it's taken a couple steps back over the last couple of weeks. I, I, the way that women's basketball works, um, you know, it, it's at least conceivable to see, to say like, Hey, they'll win their first round game. But beyond that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure what the ceiling is, but in a negative way, if you get my meaning. Yeah, and I mean, last year they were five seed and almost lost to a twelve seed in the opening round. It's basketball. We got to play. Yeah. We got to appreciate this team. They'll get one more ride, and hopefully mm-hmm. it goes. Hopefully it goes. You know, six games or, or whatever the sixty-four, thirty-two, sixteen, or two, six games. Hopefully it goes six games, and uh, if it doesn't, then they had a great run and you know pretty comparable to last year's team, and you got to refuel and reload and and. 
and see how that fits into Nell's vision for the future. Last thing before we get out of here, uh, you're completely blind, not looking at the bracket. The bracket's not even existed. Uh, championship pick for the uh, women's basketball tournament. Zona's I have good. one. I'm thinking of one right now. Zona, Zona's pretty good. I think this might be the, the year NC State finally breaks through, though. They're really, really good. Okay. Okay. What I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with uh, 2021 national runner-up Stanford. Of course it's Stanford. Everything's always Stanford. Come on. I'm going to go buy a Cal shirt from home just to spite you. Everything's Stanford, he says. Every, he's going to buy a Cal shirt, he says, on a Georgia Tech podcast. Just, just to spite you, as, uh, as, uh, as good friends do, you know. Spite really makes the world go round. Anything else before we walk out of here, virtually? Nope. That's uh, that's that. Uh, I'm reading Loserville. It's pretty good. Uh, still recommend it. Uh, no free ads uh, in, in in terms of other things. Uh, Technically, you paid for the book, so it's not a free ad. Not one, but two restaurants I like in Atlanta are permanently closed. So I'm currently dealing with that trauma. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, if, if anyone knows what happens, happened to JCT Kitchen, uh, I, I'd be really curious to know. They charge too much for their fries is the problem. That's probably, that's probably true. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's what makes it a once a year restaurant, not a, a once every month restaurant. But, um, it's a but, deep yeah. lore. Two dollar signs, Jake. Two dollar signs. Two dollar signs. Uh, if anyone is at uh Rusty C uh, next Sunday, uh, feel free to drop by and say hello because I will be there as well. Uh, and in the meantime, I think that about does it for me. How about you? All right, plug our stuff and let's head out of here. It's uh, it's eight o'clock, it's time for yeah. food. Uh, from the rumble seat at gmail.com, from the rumble seat dot com at FTR's blog on Twitter. You can find me uh, at jgrant98 on Twitter. Uh, and you can get this podcast uh, wherever fine podcasts are uh, shilled. I think uh, I think that about does it. And uh, also if you're at Macaulay, uh, feel free to say hello to us as well. We will be around and catch you on the flip side. Oh.